The Aggies landed four-star offensive tackle Weston Davis. This is a big-time addition, but it has me thinking, the Aggies need to bring in a lot of offensive linemen in this recruiting cycle. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Weston Davis, big time addition. Big time. Six foot five, 275, some places 280 pounds, some places offensive tackle. So before we kind of talk about Davis and his skills and what he's going to bring for to the Aggies this season or in 2024 when he gets on campus. I want to talk a little bit about what I mean by the Aggies need to land a lot of offensive linemen this cycle. So you look at the blue chip, um, the amounts of blue chip offensive linemen the Aggies have landed over these last handful of seasons. Let's break it down. In 2021, the Aggies landed three blue chip offensive linemen. 2022, they landed three as well, but one left for the portal. 2023, they landed three. And so far in the 2024 class, the Aggies have landed two. You, of course, landed three offensive linemen total with Davis um, and then Cohen Eccles, who committed yesterday, but he's not a blue-chip recruit, and then Ashton Funk, who isn't a blue-chip recruit offensive tackle. So the reason I think you need so much offensive line talent is because you can't have enough. You just can't. Seeing these numbers, like three blue-chip recruits, and the thing about it is, one thing I've noticed is like, when you might think, oh, well, Andrew, it's three blue chip recruits, but they had seven offensive linemen in these classes. No, it's like three blue chip offensive linemen and then like maybe one more non-blue chip in some of these classes. So like I think the Aggies could get five, six offensive linemen this cycle, and I wouldn't be upset one bit. I think landing offensive linemen is a big deal. Offensive line, you have injuries. You have people just flat out not playing well. There's a lot of times where – you need a backup, whether it's because somebody's not doing well, somebody gets hurt. Lots of things can lead to it, but it's a position you have to have five out there and you need depth. And if the offensive line isn't good, your football team's not going to be good. So it's a position you have to have depth. And I think that needs to be the goal for the Aggies this recruiting cycle. You got two, you got two really talented guys recruiting rank-wise and Weston Davis and Ashton Funk. And then you got Cohen Eccles, who I talked about yesterday. I think is just going to be a monster. Great footwork and everything. So you've got three talented offensive linemen committed already. Go get two, three more. And based off everything I'm seeing, I think that's going to become a reality. I do. I think this coaching staff is going to get some talented offensive linemen. Um, and the, the quote, it's a quote I saw in an Adam Sandler movie called Jack and Jill. It might be a quote that came from something else. So if it is, let me know. But I'd rather have it and not need it then need it and not have it. And that's why you go get offensive linemen. You go get these talented players. If you have them, you have a starting five, nobody gets hurt, everybody performs well, and it's an elite offensive line. You get 12 games and then the postseason out of them. Great, but the chances of that happening, the likelihood that happens is very rare. You don't see that a ton. It's a position you have to have talent in. And it's frankly a position where you look at it, 
You've got some older talented guys. You've got some young talented guys. It's a position that like it's not top heavy with old guys or or, to, or top heavy with young guys. It's pretty balanced. But still, you have to keep up that balance. And I think go get more and more and more. And if you do that, I think this offensive line is in a great position for a really long time. And I think landing guys like Davis, Eccles, and Funk puts you in that position. But go get a couple more. That's the reason I say it. Rather have it not need it than need it not have it. That's my quote to live by for today. So speaking about Davis as a recruit and what he does, interesting, interesting commit recruit here, okay? So on 24-7 sports, he's a four-star ranked 187th overall in the class, right? Okay, 187th. We can live with that. That's a great – well, I mean, no duh. That's a great number. It's a blue, you know, top 200 kid, blue-chip recruit. Then we look at on three, he was kind of like the up-and-coming recruiting site. They have Davis 23rd in the third best tackle in the class. I've never really seen this, seen this to where like you have a, a, a guy with 160 spots between where he's ranked on one site and the other. Like that's just you don't see that a lot. But I think it's a positive takeaway because where 24-7 sports has him at 187, he's still a talented player, one of the better offensive linemen, offensive tackles in the class. Where on three has him at 23rd, he is the guy with a chance to get a fifth star potentially. So, you know, I think what this says to me is it just it proves the talent that Davis has. He, of course, chose the Aggies over Bama and LSU. So that's a big win there, big time win there. This is funny. I love making this little comment. I saw a um, comment on Twitter. I don't know who the, who the person was a fan of. It was one of those burner accounts, you know. So this could have been a joke. If it was a joke and you're watching – I didn't. I I thought you were being serious, but I, it was it was the kind of coping for missing a recruit for Bama fans. I see a lot, and it's kind of the statements of like, "Well, I mean, they wouldn't have honored his scholarship. They wouldn't have honored a kid who's ranked 187th in the class as offensive tackle. I'm pretty confident they would have honored that." But I just I thought that was funny. But so six five, two seventy five, some places two eighty, other places when it comes to the height and weight. Um, you know, what stood out to me quickly when watching tape was the frame. You know, tall kid, 6'5". But when you look at the tape, like I say, to me, I don't think he's done growing. I've watched interviews. He doesn't look like he's done growing into the, growing into his body. I think he could be a guy that could end up being a six foot seven, 320-pound tackle in three years. You know, I mean, you got to remember, I mean, he's a junior in high school. I guess it's summer, so he's going into his senior year. I mean, this kid is... 17 probably 16 17 like it's a young kid he's not done growing yet and we know that once he gets to college station on a college campus he's going to develop into that frame that you expect to see a college and sec offensive lineman to have so you know that's speaking a little bit to the frame and their recruiting stuff but when it comes to just davis as a player on the field the thing that really stuck out uh, stuck out to me quickly was um, just and this is was an interesting uh, statement, but what it was is he made some mistakes, but he rebounded and fixed them. So what I what, there was one play, it was a weird looking play. It was almost like the offensive line got the wrong call from the sidelines. I, I don't I don't know what happened there, but basically the um, edge rusher, defensive lineman, whoever was playing out there, was coming at Davis and. He kind of took a, 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 he didn't take a 60 or 90 set. He kind of took a step forward like he was run blocking. And so, you know, the defensive lineman kind of had a step on him. And he was able to kind of reach around him like a stretch play and block him to the outside. 
to where the quarterback wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't even have been pressure in his face. And when you watch the play first develop, I thought, oh, wow, like he's about to get blown by for a, for a, to get in, and they're going to sack the quarterback. And then when I saw him rebound on that play, I was like, goodness gracious, that is amazing. He, he, he the football IQ is high. And I think just the flat out strength is impressive. I mean, he just picked up and threw people. He is the king of pancakes. His commitment graphic I saw, he was holding a stack of pancakes, which made me a little bit hungry. But, I mean, it seems like almost eight times out of ten on his highlight tape I saw on 24-7 Sports, the defensive linemen ended up on their back, you know, before the the play was over. So the strength is there. The um, just flat-out bulldoze people ability is there. I think he's going to grow more into his frame. He plays a lot of right tackle in high school. I do think, you know, he's got more of a right tackle kind of look to him at the next level, but um, he looked good pass blocking. He looks good run blocking. All in all, this is an offensive lineman I think could play his redshirt freshman year or sophomore season. He could play early on in his career. I think the talent, offensive line, technique, skill-wise is there, and the ability to have a big-time SEC offensive lineman frame is there. So, Weston Davis, big-time get for the Texas A&M Aggies. Takes this class from 30th to 24th. Currently, as the time we record, I know that changes like every 10 seconds. So when I press record, the Aggies are 24th. Moving in the right direction to a potential top-10 class in this 2024 cycle. So Davis, great addition. But like I said, don't stop now with offensive linemen. Go get them. Get more of them. Go get as many of them as you can because it's a position you're always going to use them and they're always going to – help make your team your football team better so go get more offensive linemen you've landed two in as many days with davis Eccles, but this offensive line class you know of 2024 class of offensive linemen i think it's going to be elite when everything's said and done and i'm really looking forward to seeing what it all looks like so weston davis big time get for the aggies athlon sports ranked the run the best running back rooms in the sec where they had the Aggies is just not right. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. You know, college baseball's over, LSU won the national championship, hockey's over, NBA's over, so, you know, it's MLB season, and then college football and NFL futures season. If you think maybe the Astros or the Rangers are going to win the World Series, or you think Evan Stewart's got a shot at winning the Heisman Trophy, no sweat first bet. If it doesn't hit, you get your money back. If it doesn't, if it does hit, boom. So, you know, if there's a, some kind of bet, you feel good about it, and head on over to FanDuel and sign up and see what happens with that bet. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Athlon Sports, you somehow find a way to anger me often. I'm going to be honest. All love to you, Athlon Sports, but this list, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. So here's the list. The Aggies are ninth. 
ahead of the Aggies, you've got Kentucky at eight. We're going to talk about that and why I don't like that. Tennessee at seven. Florida at six. Auburn at five. Ole Miss at four. Georgia at three. Bama at two. And Arkansas at one. So, you know, I wanted to do some background checking on the, the uh, just get another opinion on the running back rooms before I kind of hammer down on Athlon Sports. So CBS Sports put out a list of their top five running back rooms in college football. And they also put out like five honorable mentions. So it ended up being 10 teams. On that list, from this list, was Arkansas, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Florida. So Bama, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Texas a were not listed on that list, but um, my point there is there's some legitimate running back rooms in the SEC. You got Rocket Sanders, you got um, Judkins over at Ole Miss. You got some talented running backs in this conference. So I'm not arguing Texas A&M should be number one. What I am arguing is Texas A&M undoubtedly should be ahead of Kentucky. Kentucky brings in Ray Davis from Vanderbilt um, last year. Good, good player at Vandy. He was over a thousand yards last year. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I didn't look that up for a fact, but I mean, a talented player last year at Vandy. I, I watched him, you know, play a lot. He's a good running back. But at the end of the so transfers to UK, of course. But at the end of the day, he is not better than Amari Daniels. Le'Veon Moss or Ruben Owens. He would be, in my opinion, and I think many can agree, the four-string running back on Texas A&M's roster. He's a good player, but like I said, and in Kentucky, there's not a ton of depth really behind him. I mean, they got a couple guys over there, but I mean, you know, Ray Davis is their guy, and then it's just kind of meh after that. Texas A&M, you've got talent after talent after talent. The talent goes even deeper than the three guys I listed. So it's like Kentucky, I think, is the one team above Texas A&M that is just disgustingly wrong. Auburn's another school. I um I look at this and you know I would say so they got a, a couple depth pieces over there but Jarquez Hunter is their main guy. Jarquez Hunter is a talented running back that I'm I is going to be an NFL guy here soon. But I still would take I think I I would I would 100% take Ruben Owens over Jarquez Hunter. I would. I, I don't know if I'd go as far to say I'd take Moss or Daniels over him, but I would 100% take Reuben Owens over Jarquez Hunter of Auburn. So, you know, there's a couple of, of schools on this list. That, like I said, I would flat out, I think they're just wrong. I think the Aggies should be ahead of a handful of schools here. But I think the takeaway from this for me is this. This Aggie running back room has something to prove. I think a little bit of as to why they are ranked nine and not a little bit higher. You know, I think I wouldn't be complaining about this ranking if they were like six or seven. If they were six and seven, I'd be like, okay, cool, I get that, you know. Um, so, like, and like I said, the only school that's above them that I really can't live with is UK. But, you know, I, I think the takeaway here for me is this. Last year, you, of course, have a chain who's moved on to the NFL and just a great running back for Texas A&M. Incredible player. I cannot wait to put him on my fantasy football rosters this season. But, you know, you lose him. He was the guy last year. You didn't have the, the classic Bobby Petrino style of offense where everybody's getting work. I mean, Le'Veon Moss and Amari Daniels got some work, but at the end of the day, it was the A-chain show, and he got all the work. So the argument I think Athlon Sports could make or people could make is it's a running back room full of guys that really haven't proven it on this stage. Of course, we know how talented Owens is, but he is a true freshman. Moss and Daniels, 
limited carries last season. They were impressive in the carries they got. But like I said, at the end of the day, they just weren't a ton of them. But I think this gives the running back room something to prove. You, you know, you see this, guys, if you're watching this, Owens, Moss, Daniels, if you're watching me talk about this, you know, hey, let it be a chip on your shoulder. Seriously, I mean, you, you look at this and you say, I think they could say it. I think I can say it. There's a, some handful of teams, a couple of teams on this list that we have a better running back room than UK, potentially Auburn, like I said. So I, I think it is a I, – I almost like it when the national media is down on teams because I think it just I, – I, you say what you want about, you know, the players don't look at that stuff. Players don't do this. I, I think players do look at this stuff, and I think players do feed off of negative energy surrounding their team. I think this running back room can go ninth. We are better than ninth, and it motivates them to be the best version of themselves they can be on a day-to-day basis. So I think it's a, I think seeing them on a list like this is good. I think, you know, hey, maybe if they're four on this list, it gets to their head a little bit and, you know, leads to people not working. I think being undervalued and underappreciated leads to work outworking the competition, and I think this running back room is going to do that. But when it comes to, you know, who, the roles and responsibilities of this running back room, I think everybody's going to eat. As I've said, Coach Petrino historically in his offenses has spread the ball out to multiple running backs. Multiple running backs are going to get a bunch of carries. So, like, I think there's a good chance that all three of those guys we talked about, I I mean, like, I'm trying to think of a carry number, but, like, everybody, you know, all those guys are going to be over, like, 50, 75. I'm saying even the guys that aren't the guy. The guy is going to have a ton of carries. But I think the third string guy could, I wouldn't be surprised if he still had 50, 60 carries, which if you do the math on that, you know, that's a handful of carries a game. So all these guys are going to get some work. Uh, That is one thing I can say confidently for a fact. All these guys are going to get work. And I think this Texas A&M running back room has a lot to prove. And I do think they're going to prove it. And when this is all said and done, Texas A&M's running back room is going to be one of the better running back rooms in the SEC. And I think Daniels, Owens, and Moss, are going to prove what I'm saying here. We found out who the Texas A&M basketball team is going to be playing this season in the SEC conference play. I love getting to talk about a little bit of hoops. It's that time of year where you really just don't. After the portal, getting in the football season, we normally don't get to talk much about it. But today we're going to talk about it because we know what the 2023-24 SEC basketball schedule looks like. It's kind of funny because it came like out of nowhere to me simply because, you know, I think we just had this, the big blowout party for the 2024 SEC football schedule. So it's like, Man, they put out the basketball schedule. I didn't even know. So, no, I didn't know it was coming out. I'm sure, like, it was known it was going to be coming out today, but I did not know that. So, that was a happy surprise. I was working and got the notification from Texas A&M's basketball team that the schedule was out. So, let's run through it. Home games. And, like I said, we do not know dates or times. We just know who you're playing where you're playing them. Home games. Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee. Away games, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, Tennessee, and Vandy. So first thing that stood out here to me is this. First thing, quick hitter that that stood out to me was I love that UK is coming to play in College Station and you don't have to go back to Lexington. That I'm not high on UK, as a whole this year, I'm just, I'm frankly not. 
simply because there, I know Calipari has succeeded with young talent before, but I mean, this team is young and Calipari's used the portal these last three, four years. I think this is his first time really coaching a four or five, five-star recruit class. Um, you know, four or five, five stars, I mean, um, class in a long time. So I think it's going to be a little different for him. And I think this team, you can see him struggle. Now they got a little bit lucky by uh, Coach Huggins of West Virginia uh, stepping down because they just Kentucky landed a kid from West Virginia. I'm forgetting his name. I think it was Trey something, but uh, they got a, a 11 points a game score from West Virginia and they got a couple like lower recruits, but they didn't hit the portal hard. So I'm not high on Kentucky, but still I don't want to go play at Rep Arena. Not a place I want to mess with. It's not even like think about Rep Arena. Um, I've been I've been in Rep Arena before. It's not even really the 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 noise. It's more of just the like the taking it all in. It's like it's not very often you look up and you, you you're still looking up and you're still seeing seeing people. I mean it's it's amazing how big that uh, college basketball arena is. But I love you don't have to make a return trip to Lexington. I don't love having to play at Alabama, Arkansas, and Auburn. Those feel like three tough games to win. Those are three teams that reloaded in the portal. Um, you know, Bama lost Brandon Miller to the – he got drafted second overall by the Hornets. Arkansas lost Nick, Nick Smith Jr. He got drafted by the Hornets as well. I think it was like late first round, like 25, 26, 27, around there. Um, and then Auburn lost their uh, old point guard, uh, Wendell Green Jr. So – Everybody lost some, but they all also reloaded in the transfer portal. So, I mean, these are three teams and at three environments I don't love playing. If I had to rank them, I, I'd probably go the environment at Arkansas, then Auburn, then Alabama from least want to play to doesn't really bother me. But I don't want to go play at any of those places. But at the end of the day, it's you know, it, it, SEC basketball is not what it once was. There's not like free wins on this schedule. I mean, even trips to Vandy and Missouri aren't going to be by any means easy victories. So it's a manageable schedule. I like the home to away ratio. I don't love going to Bama, Arkansas and Auburn, like I said, but I do think a takeaway from that for me is this, you have a, a team of veteran players that have been there before. You got, you got a lot of returning guys that have been on the road in the sec. I think boots is a guy who can lead this team great person, great basketball player, great leader. Um, so, you know, I don't think an away an, an away environment is going to intimidate the Aggies like it might a Kentucky team full of young guys. So I think that's a positive for me. And at the end of the day, I mean, I do think there are six, seven very winnable games on this home schedule and, you know, four or five very winnable games on this away schedule. If you win, you know, if you go, if you win six and five, that's 11 wins. You're in the NCAA tournament. But I do think Texas A&M is going to be a basketball team competing for an SEC championship this season. They bring back a lot of starters. They bring back older players. It's an all-around – it's going to be a good season for the Aggies. Once again, under Coach Williams, and I think it's it's no longer a surprise. I think Texas A&M is just good, and people need to accept it. So I'm looking forward to the basketball season. I think we're going to have another – potential run in the SEC and NCAA tournaments, but definitely an appearance in both. And that's a lot to be excited about for once everybody has the blues because football season has concluded. 
That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. I want to remind everybody once again, next week's schedule is going to be a little weird. I'm normally here for you five days a week. I'll be in the Florida Keys with my family next week. Uh, It was a graduation present for my mom and dad. I love and appreciate them for doing that for me. It's a big fishing trip. If anybody has Florida Keys fishing advice, let me know in the comments. That would be greatly appreciated as well. But I will let everybody know what the schedule is going to look like next week on Thursday or Friday of this week. I just want to keep reminding people so they know I haven't just disappeared into thin air or anything. So, But like I said, that is going to do it. Hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will see you tomorrow.